The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. My name is Toby Van Hope. This is Gone by Lunchtime. Um, before we get into it, uh, a couple of things to say. One, this podcast is supported by Flick Electric. We're very grateful for their sponsorship. Um, check them out via any politics post on the website, the spinoff. Two, members. Spinoff members is a very cool new way that allows us at the spinoff to do important journalism. Most recently, Spinoff members are supporting our local elections pop-up site, which you can check out on the website, The Spinoff. Also, we've launched the Policy Local subsite today. It's a very cool way of checking out what everyone in your local area is promising for the local elections, which are coming up very soon. Sounds cool. Check it out. That's the sultry tones of Annabelle Lee. Uh, Mather. Mather. Annabelle Lee Mather. Sorry, (laughs) I forget that bit. Um, that, and that uh, that fact checker over there is um, special guest Mahingarangi Forbes. Hi, Mahi. Kia, tēnā tātou. Uh, tēnā koe. Whakanui te wiki o te reo Māori. It is. Um, uh, Kei te pia koe. Kanui te pai. Kei te pai. Also, uh, we have Alex Casey. Hi, Alex. Kia ora tāves. Who is uh, completing her conquest of all of the spin-off stable of podcasts. Mm. She's... I haven't done food yet. Oh, you haven't done food? And I was not invited on the off spin. Oh, that's the cricket. Which podcast. is actually a shame. Wow. Would you have She's would a bit you stroppy. <laughs> I would have loved to have been invited. Well now that I'm you know, now that I'm touring, seeing how the other half live, you guys time your podcast. This is amazing. The real pod would not put up for that kind of stricter. No, I don't think there are any clocks that go long enough to <laughs> capture the extreme length of a real pod. We um uh Alex is on the real pod and on on the rag, which are both uh, excellent and much more professional podcast than mm, this shambles. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. The person we don't have on the podcast is Ben Thomas. That's okay. Shall I try ringing him? Yes. He is, where is he? He's, um, he's in, in the Uruwera. In the Uruwera. Oh, put that on speaker. I don't know if he's got signal where he is. Probably not. But we can listen to his aunt's phone message at least. Oh, it's taking a long time to reach down into I the... grew up in the Uruwera, Ruatahuna. Oh. Leave a message or probably for a faster reply. Told you you've got to do a voice. At the tone, what voice? What voice? Holly Hunter. <laughs> 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 Remember you did your Holly Hunter impression when you had all that caramel that time? Oh, yeah. I was very high on caramel <laughs> then, though. Kia I don't ben. know if I can. Um, who's, who's, so everyone say hi to Ben. Kia ora, Ben. Kia ora, Ben. 
Hope you're having a nice time. Tēnā koutou o te uriwera. Um, send, us a, send us a message in a bottle or something when you get access to the communications. Probably in a hawk. Send a hawk. Um, yeah. Ben has been sending us lots of messages in our little chat group, hasn't he? He Bells. has. He has. I haven't read any of them, though. He's, so. he's got an awful, awful lot of opinions. Um, unfortunately, we don't have them with us. Is that the end of the message? You just hung up. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> fortunately Ben with the opinions is in the urewera and we have Alex with the facts. Oh. oh so there's kind of one story that is obviously dominating everything else and sucking all the oxygen out of New Zealand politics at the moment. It is the story of uh, uh, the complainants and um, volunteers, members of Young Labour, and the way that their complaints, one of which involved an allegation of sexual assault, were handled by the Labour Party. Um, and that story has kind of exploded in recent days. Since Alex Casey's piece, which we published on this bit on Monday, which told the story of Sarah and her experience uh, going back over you know a couple of years, really. Um, uh, Alex, thank you mm. for uh, uh, braving the world of God by lunchtime. You... I mean, you talked to Sarah, who we're, we're calling her, um, a number of times, a lot of times, though you've worked on the story for nearly a month, I think, now. I think so, yeah, um, multiple interviews. Um, tell, us, tell, 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 us about, tell us tell us, what you can about Sarah and what she told you. So we talked for three hours and uh, she basically told me her story of sexual assault uh, by a Labour staffer and also detailed other parts of um, her relationship with him, including sexual harassment and um, general allegations of bullying, intimidation, and told me her experience of what it was like taking that complaint, that experience to the party itself and how disillusioned and minimised and exhausted uh, she was by the whole process. I mean, it's telling, isn't it, that, that um, I mean, it's worth saying just for the record that the the individual who we haven't named and none, no other media have, um, through a lawyer, um, has strongly, strenuously denied that there is any truth to, to any of those allegations. But it's telling, apart from anything else, that even just in your first interview, that lasted three hours longer than the interview that was granted by the Labour Investigations Panel that was appointed. Um, I mean, that in itself is kind of an indictment, notwithstanding everything else mm-hmm. of the process, mm-hmm. right? And the what? Five or six interviews that followed that, hmm. you know, uh, to get to get every part of the story straight, yeah, and you know, corroborating with people that she told at the time about the assault, you know, there was there was a bit of legwork someone else could have done there if they mm. were investigating those mm. claims. Mm. Um, how's it looked to you, Bells, uh, watching the story unfold? Um, c- cynical, dark shameful this is um you know dirty politics labor style and it's um it's appalling and it you know obviously it goes to the highest echelons of the the labor party and and that's really concerning mihi um i mean it's obviously at its heart a story about a young person who had real aspirations, ambitions, and uh, it's easy, I think, in some of the storytelling to lose that victim-centred part yeah, of it, right? Yeah, that's true. I saw lots of people, well, a few people reminding people who were having these big discussions yesterday online that there was actually somebody who has 
survived an alleged assault and who's at the centre of this. And, you know, if we are honest about the number of um, complainants who actually take their complaints to someone in power to complain, which is very few compared to, you know, what we don't know as the number of uh, potential assaults that are happening in our community and society, then she's probably one of a very few who's found the courage uh, to bravely step up, particularly in that environment when, mm-hmm. as we know, is, uh, you know, uh, I worked kind of in and out of Parliament for a very short time and it's a pretty intense environment um, with a whole lot of powerful people and, you know, you don't want to get out of sorts with um, with them. So she's um, been very brave in um, coming forward and speaking and I think it's right for us to just consider uh, her story. I was it, it was harrowing, your account, Alex, mm. and... Um, thanks for doing that journalism. It was really important, mm-hmm. and it's great to give a voice to people who have been kind of um, minimised mm-hmm. and um, ignored. And uh, in the very least, um, you know, the Labour Party leadership has should have followed through with a, some kind of an independent inquiry into that. It's such a serious allegation. The status of it now is that a QC Maria Dew is investigating the 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 sort of original inquiry, um, and the prime minister has acknowledged that it was that it was um, mishandled. The president of the Labour Party yesterday, Nigel Horwith, uh, resigned. It, I mean, it didn't seem super willingly, did it, Alex? Insofar no. as he maintains still, and this is a kind of Still maintains. Mm-hmm. Still maintains that that's tautologist, isn't it? Sorry, <laughs> maintains that um, that 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 um, that they were not told of the nature of the inquiry, and it's a, it's a really interesting point. This and this is where the kind of political issue is sitting at the moment: is who knew what and when. And um, you know, we've we've been sort of poring over all these documents for a mm-hmm. long time, Alex, mm-hmm. and looking at them and. Uh, it's almost as though, I don't know, it's almost as though in terms of that inquiry, when you look at them, it's almost as though the 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 party apparatus imagined that people who have um, gone through awful experiences are lawyers or are somehow going to present themselves in a way that is a, an organised PowerPoint presentation. It's kind of all through this, it's as if the onus is on the complainant, the victim, mm-hmm to present somehow a prosecutorial case rather than be helped to share what is obviously an experience that has caused them to feel extremely nervous and vulnerable. Exactly. And we have but we have actually seen correspondence that suggests that she bolded just reiterating the allegations in this investigation include sexual assault, bullying, Violence, you know, like multiple times. So there is element of that that she was kind of driving at home in correspondence that we have seen. Yeah. I don't know if you heard uh, one of the panelists, uh, Honey Hemi, yesterday mm. in her interview, mm. uh, was boy uh, began. You know, absolutely no, that didn't. That wasn't raised, and by the end of the interview, 
or oh, she was yeah. struggling to remember whether it had been which she's doubting her own account yeah um saying she had taken on a lot of projects yeah. uh since that investigation and yeah wasn't so and sure so, anymore. um you know if I have a 18 year old if this was my 18 19 year old mm. who had bravely come forward I would have expected a panel of at least someone with the expertise to be mm. able to hear mm. and listen and offer support mm. um, to you know a young person doesn't seem to be that there were anyone with those skills on that panel no and also if you look at now everyone what's basically come down to <coughs> Nigel says this she says something different if we were to go back and someone on that panel that day had just been taking better notes mm. and asking better questions, you know, regardless of the support systems and all of that, which were also not there, but had there been a better process just that day in that room, he wouldn't be able to stand by that. Um, on top of which, as we've sort of laid out, um, even with that, I think, and my, what I think it was a is a was a, a, a negligent mm-hmm. um, note taking and, and approach to the inquiry. Even leaving that to one side, the two separate complainants of the seven have shown to us repeated examples in which they requested those notes to be provided to them. In the case of Sarah, had those notes been provided to her, she would have seen that even if we assume good faith and I don't know I mean you listen to that interview honey hear me she sort of seems to think she didn't hear it well the Mm -hmm. notes suggest they didn't hear it then Sarah would have said to them there's something missing there's Mm -hmm. something big thing missing Mm -hmm. here and this is just this is not some kind of incredibly elaborate rocket science process this is straightforward Mm -hmm. you show someone at one point later in the piece you see an email from Nigel Hallworth saying I think about the time that they've almost basically reached the conclusion and they're ready to put it to New Zealand Council, you see, you see an email in which she says, I know you've been asking for your transcripts, use the words, that, uh, we will be prov- I understand your transcripts will be provided today. I know these are important to you. Yes, they were important to them. They've been important to them for a long time since they were brave enough to appear before the panel. But there also weren't any bloody transcripts. Mm-hmm. What there are is notes, handwritten notes, which are kind of the sort of jottings that someone might take at a a kind of bowling club, minuting a bowling club meeting. It's kind of that level of by a you lawyer. Know. By a lawyer. Well, I, I don't. I mean, Honey Hemi said. That's what Honey Hemi says. The, the, yes. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who, mm. who which mm. of the panel took them, but I just presumably it's, by it's, it's somebody who's uh, uh, by somebody who. Has some experience in that field. Well, there was, there was, you know, the chair of the panel is a, is a lawyer. Is a lawyer. I mean, I mean, the, the, in, a, in a weird that interview was ex- extraordinary. It was on on checkpoint on um, uh, Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it was. I mean, imagine thinking that as you, exactly as you say, Mahi, that someone you knew was um, had that that person. Their fate was in the hands of somebody yeah. who's mm-hmm. just clearly not. And clearly not qualified to be to be running part of a part of a panel review, but yeah. it looks like a bad episode of Succession. And one of the <laughs> things that I find, um, you know, insightful about it is it appears that there's this culture within the Labour Party of um, protecting Jacinda. To me, it seems like she's telling the truth when she says that she genuinely didn't know, but her inner circle most definitely did. And there's almost, well, not almost, there's a a misogynistic approach that 
we must protect Jacinda. Jacinda mustn't know. She's the fucking Prime Minister of the country. She should know what's going on. And probably, had she been brought into the circle earlier, would have taken the appropriate steps necessary. Um, so it's an it's an example, another example of how, you know, um, misogyny is is live and well in in Parliament. What do you make of the role of Paula Bennett, who uh, spoke in the House under parliamentary privilege on Wednesday and, and named various people and, and staff that she believed knew about the allegations against the individual who, to the best of our knowledge, still works in the Labour Party's leader's office, despite working off-site, um, apparently at home. What do you make of Paula Bennett's role? Do you, I mean, it, it, it certainly seemed a surprise that someone had would have gone to the gone so far as to reach out to a senior opposition. Yeah, I'm not MP. sure how that information came about. Um, I think that it doesn't matter which party you're in, though, that you have an obligation to mm. bring this to light mm. because only in the light can it be dealt with. Mm. So I don't, it doesn't bother me who brought it there. Um, how Paula Bennett came about to be that person is a mystery to me, but. It happened, and I think uh, I saw lots of comment of saying people saying, you know, oh well, you know, she did the right thing. I think she did the right thing too. If that information came into mm. her hands, she did the right thing. Mm. I think too. So, I've seen comments on Twitter about how, you know, um, at least when you know everything happened with Jamie Lee, the Labour MPs had the good grace not to, you know, not to publicly comment about it, but. To me, it's a completely different thing. Jamie Lee's issue was set against a backdrop of um, a mental health crisis. That's not to excuse um, his his alleged behaviour and his alleged treatment of the woman involved. That is not what this is. This is about, um, you know, predatorial behaviour of a of a person, you know, working. Um, close to the Prime Minister um, there's no mention of any mental health issues or any of that thing going on so actually people should be speaking out across all the parties and and saying that that behaviour is completely mm. inappropriate Yeah, it's about the safety of young no people and women yeah. This is, um, I don't think we put this in the story but I did say it on the detail so I feel like I should say it here that um, I know that Sarah was motivated to contact Paula only after she ran into the the man at the centre of the allegations um, somewhere in Wellington and Mm. was just intensely triggered again. I mean, that's the other thing that I think is important to hammer home is that, yes, he's been away for five weeks now, but during this investigation, he was at all the Labour events. Mm. He was around. He was constantly bumping into them or actually approaching them. Yeah, he was visible. And he brought about panic attacks and vomiting and, like, proper physical, you know, mm. triggered reactions to his presence. Mm. And I think it was that final bumping into him that, that motivated her. You know, they both said to me, which, which is in the story, that, you know, she was not their first choice mm. to go to, but they also felt like they had done everything else that they were supposed to do. You know, their party said, come forward if you have any historic allegations, and they did. Um, and that's where it you got have them. to wonder too, like you know, we had the big um, investigation not long ago about bullying in Parliament. There was the the National Party one, 
now this one and then an investigation into the investigation. At what point do, does do we just stop and say, actually, this shit's not okay and be really clear and make some decisive moves on on what's going on? Um, the only other thing to say about that, as far as Sarah is concerned, is that she remains a member of the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. There's no sense in which there. Are, I mean, there are in the. Uh, I probably Twitter is not a useful place to be at the best of times, but certainly with one of these things, the only useful function it really serves is to sort of filter out all the people who are just blinkedly. Mm. Blinkedly partisan zealots on both sides, on mm. both sides, mm. you know, on, on on or on all sides, you can see the people who are more interested in their ideological flag waving attached to their particular party than they are in a real experience mm. and a r- real process that has manifestly failed real people. You know, I, I kind of, kind of, <laughs> just the number of times I've deleted <laughs> tweets in the last last week or so. Anyway, yeah. it's... Um, yeah. I'd be interested to know uh, what the Labour Party in their panel or the leadership have done to provide support for any of those uh, individuals who have complained, do you know? Mm. I think I understand that they were offered... Um, they're kind of in the same sort of employment, kind of an 0800 number. That was one of Sarah's big things was that at this point, you know, she's she wasn't calling for resignations. She's not calling for fight. She's just saying this party needs to support its victims. Mm. That's her priority now. That was kind of how the story ends, as mm. she said. And that's more than a hotline. That's mm. more than like legal support being offered. Only if you sign up to these very stringent mm. confidentiality XYZ agreements. She says if people come, if you ask people to come forward with this stuff and they do, you need to be ready for Mm. what that means for that Mm. person. And she feels like they've basically failed on that front up until this point. Well, kia kaha to them, to every single one of them. And I hope that they've got lots of support around them. And if people know them, you need to reach out and tell them that there's a place for them or a Mm. shoulder Mm. because it must be very stressful at the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think let's let's wind it up there. That's probably a good note to to end on, unless anyone. Have we come in at a reasonable time? Yes, yeah. very respectable. Um, Stopwatch. But uh, just to say though, before you wind it up, yeah. what about the old New Zealand walls uh, and the New Zealand history announcement today? That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was a that was a on the on the same day that um, we, I think we're doing a story at the moment about what's the comedian's name. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> What's the comedian's name? Jim. Zabrun. Some American comedian. We've just been alluded to a story. Jim that in America, No, not Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim Giffa, 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 Giffa. Sorry. Anyway, in a big uh, special, he has a joke about the Moriori being, um, that is what? going out to millions of people. Oh you can probably read it on the spin-off is now. spin-off? It just feels like a kind of interesting day for that. Quite a, quite yes. a kind of, you know. I predict in a generation's time, we won't have that anymore. A generation, yeah, if because we, they'll, if be, we, they'll be brought yes, up right, absolutely, yeah, because yeah. they'll know, and it will just be that was ridiculous. How's your New Zealand? You're doing another Nearly, New Zealand twenty eighth of October. October. 28th we're doing October. stories of Taranaki. Oh, okay. we just had a look at it this morning. Yeah, Auntie Belzy over there had a few teas. Did she? Pretty good. Oh. It's pretty good. It's okay, pretty well that's amazing. good to end on a on a on, a, uh, on an up up note. Twenty eighth of October on yeah the commemoration, which is New Zealand commemoration for the wars. Uh, we will be launching on RNZ a online offering of stories of Taranaki. 
Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will. We've got. Uh, we were going to do all the other stuff like local elections and Kiwi Build Waterways Policy, but we'll park that for now and come back to it sooner than the gap between the last two podcasts. Hey, bells. Yeah. Yeah. If you rate and review us, like, but only if you give us five stars, um, Flick will provide you and your family free power for a year. So um, that's, that's worth doing. That's 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 not strictly accurate, um, oh. but but we will provide you with the power of gratitude and endless. It's just that all those other broadcasters love. get to say things like that, and no one tells them off. Oh. <laughs> they just say things and they say you can have this and <laughs>